Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Living Full Kombucha Podcast. My name is Lydia, and thank you for taking the time to join me on another entry into what I deem my verbal journal, as I was a former public school teacher, and now I am a commercial kombucha brewer, and I'm on the journey towards opening an inclusive kombucha taproom, which celebrates neurodiversity and tries to bring fermented everything, especially drinks, because I'm really into kombucha, <laughs> but fermented everything really to my community, which is in the Midwest in Wisconsin. So thank you for joining me today, and I am so excited to chat with you about a few things. If you've been following me, I've been trying to be a little bit more regular about when I post podcast episodes, and I felt like I was hitting a really good every other week drop of an episode, I guess. And unfortunately, I missed that this previous Monday because I was gone. And that's actually what I'm going to spend today's episode chatting about because I want to chat about how do I leave? Do I take little vacations? Um, what do I think about when I leave? Do I, you know, freak the flying frick out? Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> but just kind of my thoughts through this process. And uh, I don't know, maybe it will help you. I know I have several people who listen in that are also kombucha brewers. Hello, so glad you're here. So excited. But also just for people who are looking to enter into this business. But at this point in my journey, it is majority just me. Small teaser, I did hire someone and they are helping tremendously with some of the workload but at this point being such a small scale um, a lot of things that I sorry my cat has joined me for this episode and you're gonna hear the zoomies all throughout this episode <laughs> anyway getting back to that little teaser but I do have someone helping me at this point which has been tremendous but it is still a very big labor of love being that we touch every single aspect it's not machines I don't have a canning machine I hand bottle everything you know I pump all my liquids on my own so all this stuff is mostly manual labor so taking a vacation or a short leave for any reason, uh, I just want to chat about that on today's episode and be open with you about where I'm at. And I try to troubleshoot and I talk to myself during episodes and you're just joining me along for the journey. So thank you. But before we jump in, I always share what I'm sipping on and I'm excited to share that I have a really awesome brew from another fellow brewer. So at the farmer's market, I brew out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. I have lots of people that will come up and, oh, I've home brewed before, or oh, I make kombucha myself, and I love talking to people that make kombucha. I obviously share a lot in common that I started as a home brewer. I'm obviously very interested in the fermentation process, and it's so fun to be able to talk to people, especially because in the Midwest, I feel like most of the day is education. They're like, what's this? That's so cool. And I love, that's a whole nother topic on another day. Like I absolutely love talking about what is kombucha to people, but it is extremely refreshing when I have people come up and they know exactly what kombucha is and they make it at home. So that being said, I have a customer named Savannah. Hello, Savannah. You even told me you listened into the podcast with your daughter. That is so freaking cool. Thank you. But she came up and she's just been sharing that she's been making new batches and I shared a SCOBY with her to kind of restart some other batches that she had, even though you're doing awesome. Like I love hearing all the different flavor combinations that you think of. They're so creative. And so this past week, aka yesterday, <laughs> I'm recording this on a Sunday, 
Savannah brought me two brews and I am drinking one of them right now and I have to share with you the flavor combinations that she thought of. So it is fennel, chicory, cardamom, oh my goodness, cherry, and rosemary. And I know you can't see this, but I'm just going to try to describe what this looks like. But it's a beautiful, almost, it's like a cherry slash maroon color. It is beautiful and it is such an easy sipper. It's such a complex flavor like profile. I would have never thought of that. I honestly didn't even know what fennel was. We had a chat about that. But fennel, cardamom, rosemary, it is delightful. And I love when people share their brews with me. I think some people have asked me like, don't you get offended if people come up and like, here, try my kombucha instead. I've never had that tone with people at all. If anything, it's just a shared interest. And I really, really enjoy talking about it. So thank you, Savannah. This is awesome. And I look forward to hearing about more creations and flavor ideas and being inspired by you. So thank you. And if you are not close enough to maybe share some of your brews, no worries. It's been so neat because I always extend a big invitation to people to reach out to me via email, send me a text message. I have all of that listed on my podcast profile page, I guess you could say. But I had someone reach out and I just wanted to give a special shout out. And I want to say this correctly. You know that I I YouTube everything and this person's name I wanted to try to make sure that I pronunciated it correctly so I went to pronounce names on Google on YouTube which is weird you can pronounce like type in the name of the person and it will pronounce it for you over and over again so I had to practice so I hope I am saying this correctly but Edwight from India and Edwight I have so enjoyed our conversation. He reached out to me a little over a month ago, just sharing his experiences as a home brewer and his process of thinking towards transitioning to producing more kombucha for his community. And oh, wow, you have such big plans. And I am so behind you, so excited for you. And so it's been really neat to connect. And we've been sharing pictures of kind of like our our brewing processes and learning a lot from one another. So it's just been so enjoyable. And I love that this platform has brought us together. So it's so nice to meet you, Dwight. And um, you know, it's interesting I hope it's okay that I share this but his wife is actually over here studying really close uh, to me in another city and so he might be coming over here and potentially we can meet so I look forward to that day if that were to happen that would be awesome when we can share some brews together but yes I always welcome people reaching out saying hello and again it's just so crazy that you know this platform can reach people all around the world so thank you so much livingfullkombucha at gmail.com that's my plug email me. Anywho, I want to jump into today's topic of leaving my girls. And that's kind of what I titled this today, because if you've seen pictures on my Instagram, my business is Living Full Kombucha, thus the title of this podcast, Living Full Kombucha. But if you were to go visit me on Instagram or Facebook, you would see sometimes pictures of my fermenters. I brew out of trays called Symbiosis Fermenters, and they are all lovingly named. <laughs> I have, I mean, it's nothing super fancy. I put a little bit of tape on the outside of all of my fermenters, and I named them. It's a lot easier for me to keep track of them, and I gave them all cute names, all girls' names, at least is what I've deemed girls' names. And so like Helen, uh, Daphne, Beatrice, Beth. I have 18 girls in total, and I've even reached out to other people like, give me some ideas for names, Winnie, Wanda. 
<laughs> oh, but I love them all and they all have their own separate personalities like they should because all wild ferments are, well, wild and they all act in different ways. So yes, I have 18 girls in total and then I also have Big Mama and she is my large liquid SCOBY starter that I use in each of the batches. But I wanted to chat about how do I, I guess, if I were to set up a way in which to leave all the girls and go somewhere for a couple of days. Regardless of how much you brew, whether you're a home brewer rocking some one-gallon glass jars, you got a sweet setup, sweet, I've been there as well, awesome, I'm right there with you, to kind of a mid-sized microbrewery all the way up to a massive scale brewery, leaving ferments or kind of wild ferments of any kind like kombucha can be somewhat stressful. And I say this as I speak for only myself, I say this in every episode, every single brewer has their own kind of rhythm and, and style in which they brew and obviously different equipment and things and so leaving might look a little easier I guess easy might be uh, I don't know a suggestive word in itself but um, for me right now I'm rocking a lot of uh, smaller fermenters so that means that I have to brew a little bit more frequently than perhaps someone that has larger vessels and kind of are more on a schedule I guess I should say and I definitely do have somewhat of a schedule most of my seven gallon fermenters are done within two weeks and then my larger 16 gallon uh, trays which is still pretty small if you're looking at like the commercial brewing world but it's large to me you know 16 gallons is, is still a lot and I'm learning a lot so 16 gallons usually takes about three and a half weeks give or take a couple of days and I say that again give or take a couple of days. And if you remember me talking about I have 18 batches, that is a lot of schedules to keep track of. So although I started, let's say, Helen, Beth, and Beatrice all on the same Monday, they all have different tea bases because I'm a dummy and I decided to do that. I'm happy with where I went and I love how my kombucha tastes, but they all have their own rhythms and their own personalities. And so within two weeks, one might be done, but then Beth is like, "Er, give me another couple of days. And so when you're thinking about leaving for however long, a vacation for a week or two weeks or even just a weekend, if a batch is ready to bottle or to flavor, you got to do it within a certain time frame or it will begin to turn sour and it's not going to be the same as, you know, your other drinks. I try to keep it as consistent as possible. So if two weeks have gone by, but let's say Beth, I always say Beth because she always takes the longest. Beth, takes so long. Beth takes an extra, usually three days to finish up. She's a black tea base. She wouldn't think she would take so long, but she does. And so if I'm leaving somewhere and Beth is a straggler, I might be gone when she is finished. I put finish in quotations here with the first fermentation process. If you follow me, I hope that makes sense. But trying to sync all of my batches to move at the same time so that I can take a break Uh, is a little bit stressful and that's what I want to kind of document with this recent leave that I went on. I went on a small vacation to visit my family. They live out of state. I'm in Wisconsin. My family lives in Indiana and once a year they get together for a huge family reunion and we lovingly coin it the fish fry band. (laughs) If you're in the Midwest, fish fry is a pretty big thing. I'm vegan and so is my family so we don't actually partake in the fish frying 
portion of it, but my entire family is really large. My mom was the last of eight kids, and so everyone, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, we just make it a priority to get together every single year, and we have now established the Fish Fry Band. And everyone will have a fish fry, get together, meet, hang out. And then afterwards, we all get in my uncle's garage and we sing together. My husband is a drummer, so he brings his drum set along and my brother plays the guitar and he sings. We have microphones. My uncle plays the guitar and some of my other cousins play on the bass. And just everyone sings like popular, fun songs that everyone enjoys. And it's a blast. And it's just become so special because obviously as everyone grows up and has their own kids and moved away, coming back is a little harder for everyone, but also that much more special. And so we will go at, you know, noon on a Saturday and we'll stay up till two o'clock in the morning singing and having a great time. But that's all to say that in the height of the summer, you know, it's farmer's market season for me. And it is extremely busy. And so already taking a pause is a little tricky for me, just like, you know, my mindset is in farmer's market mode, but it always happens during like the third or the fourth week in July and we will take a break. And so this break was for three days and we left on a Friday morning and we got back on Sunday afternoon. And for some, you're like, that's not really a vacation. That's like a hot second. I know. At this point, I don't feel like I could take any more days. I wish I could, but that's just the reality of where I'm at. And I'll explain that here throughout the rest of the podcast. But that amount of time was about as long as I could give before not falling behind with so many other things at the brewery. So let's rewind a little bit. I want to give you a picture into kind of how I plan out my brewing and things like that. So the Friday before I left. Usually every Friday, I sit down pretty early in the morning. That's kind of my green light time when I just have all the creative juices flowing. I'm like in the zone. It's pretty early morning. I'm just a a morning person. I'm recording this right now on a really early Sunday morning and I really enjoy it. But anyway, Friday mornings, I will sit down and I will check every single batch. So every single girl, I will uh, pH test and I will Brix test. So that's the sugar content, B-R-I-X. I just learned how to do that. I'm not like super cool. Okay, I'm still learning all these processes. And there's some other things that I still want to learn as a brewer just to keep consistent. But I check every single batch. I taste every single batch. And I check all of the pellicle formations, how are things going, the oxygen flow. And that takes me a little over an hour every single Friday of just making sure things are going as they are planned. And I look at my calendar and I think, okay, what can I brew on Tuesdays? Typically Tuesdays are what I deem my brewing day or I would hope would be my largest brewing day of the week. Again, at this point, there are certain times where I will have Beth, we've talked about Beth, who's a little slower and she might have to be brewed on Thursday. But for a majority, I try to move my brews in a way that they are ready to brew on Tuesdays. Now, I mentioned I have 18 batches. That's bonkers if I want to brew all of those on a Tuesday. And actually not that smart for production because one, it's going to burn me out. And two, it's just going to make a lot more work batching it because if I brew all in one day, then I'm going to have to bottle all in another day. It's going to bottleneck me. So what I do is I try to separate my brews about half and half. So I have about seven or eight brews, give or take, and then, you know, another seven or eight brews that I do on the next week. And like I said, those bigger fermenters are like three and a half weeks out. And so some of them get overlap with some of the small seven gallon ones. And so some weeks I'll have nine to do in a day. And then the next week I'll have four, but they're my really large ones. 
So if you're following me, I just try to even out my work as much as possible. So the Friday before I left, I saw that I have a very large amount of brews that will potentially be ready, not on Tuesday, but on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, nuts. <laughs> because we're getting really close to the wire. If I want to leave on Friday morning really early, I also have a Thursday market. And just keeping it real, right now I'm the only one that's doing it. My husband goes out and supports me, but he has like a part-time job at the market where he helps serve beer. And so he's not the one, you know, doing the market for me. So I'm doing the market, I'm producing, and I'm bottling. Okay, so there's a lot of moving pieces and so seeing that my brews won't be ready until Thursday, I'm like, darn nabbit, I'm going to have to do a lot of work right before my trip. And that's the sucky part because it's like, I've talked about this in other, other podcast episodes, but it's like, you might have time to brew on Monday or Tuesday, for example, and you will, you know, arrange your schedule and do all this. This is like, especially early on brewers, you will try to have that time. But if your brews are not ready on Monday or Tuesday, you're gonna have to rearrange your schedule completely to then do them later in the week. And that might really mess up the flow and kind of just yield mind. Also for those wondering, okay, what does really a two day gap really do? I mean, could I have brewed it on a Tuesday? Potentially, but for me, I don't know. I almost just feel there's a certain tang that I have to acquire and the difference of two days and stirring and bringing in more oxygen really does make a big difference for me. And that could be totally different for you. You might, before going on vacation, want to, you know, brew a little earlier than you normally would and it would still turn out great. But for me, I'm a little picky and I figured and tested and really Thursday made the most sense for where my brew cycles were. So I basically saw that my Tuesday brewing day was kaput and I needed to put a lot more effort into Thursday, which means that I would have to get up extremely early, do a lot of brewing, go to a market, and then leave early the next day for my family reunion. And, you know, it's just the reality of where I'm at. I just had to reframe a little bit. I was a little bitter, <laughs> you know, because I had all this time at the beginning. But what I did was I rearranged some of my things and I I usually do Wednesdays that are not in the brewery. I do some book work day. So I spent Tuesday kind of planning more for other things. And there's always something to be done on the back end or planning for the future. And so I still use my time wisely and I worked. But for brewing purposes and for leaving, I couldn't do that until Thursday. And I just wanted to be honest with you of, you know, if you're thinking about moving into this commercial space, I know a lot of brewers that are rocking those, for example, five-gallon batches or like five-gallon carboys or they have a bunch of trays like I do and when you are keeping track of so many batches at once your schedule has to be flexible it has to be flexible and when you want to leave it, sometimes those batches don't want to be ready until while you're gone and you risk losing a batch or something going too sour and if you don't have someone there to help you you can get stuck. And that's been a little troublesome for me because, I mean, I sleep and think and dream about, oh my gosh, is Beth finally ready? <laughs> is she going to be done while I'm sleeping in Indiana while with my family? Which, don't worry, I don't let that consume me too much. I'm being a little humorous, but you can get kind of where I'm going, that they all have their own patterns, their own rhythms, and you really do have to ebb and flow. And for someone like me, who is... Not as much of an ebb and flow person. I'm definitely learning, especially entrepreneur life. Holy cow, roller coaster. <laughs> I have to. I have to learn how to ebb and flow a little bit better. But 
I was just trying to plan this as best as I could. So I did a mega brew day is what I call it. And Sean hates these. (laughs) My husband, Sean. I said, I have a mega brew day. And he always asked me, is it necessary? And you need to bring food. Because I get so consumed with thinking about all the brews. I have to do them all right. Uh, I have to get this all done, you know. And then I don't eat. I run myself dry just trying to get all of this brewing done. And I don't want to do that at the expense of myself or my sleep. So it's been a little tricky in that regard. And especially with leaving, this is really the first time that I've left for two to three consecutive days in a row in a long time at this scale that I'm at. And so I was working really hard, but I was just trying to keep at the forefront. I'm going to be with my family in a couple days and I can relax and I can stop and think and not do the farmer's market. How cool. So that really kept me going a little bit and I felt pretty prepared. So Thursday I had a great day. I brewed nine batches and three of those were my large trays. And that's actually the most I've ever had to do like in one day doing my large trays. It's usually just one or two, but having to do three. And to give you an idea, one large tray takes me a little over an hour from starting to boil the tea, brewing the tea, and then also pumping the liquids, cleaning the tray, flavoring the tea, putting it in the cooler, and cleaning up. It takes me a little over an hour per tray. So I had nine of those to do. I'm not just saying this to be like, look at me go. No, (laughs) I'm just trying to explain to you this is kind of what a day in the life looks like for a mega brew day. You know, it's not every day. But it has to happen sometimes for going out of town or other things in my life. So I did all of those brews and I left to Indiana and things were pretty good. Now I did come back on Sunday night and we checked in at the brews. I made sure everything was okay as soon as I got home, which is such a bummer. You know, you go on vacation, you try to relax and recuperate. I had a fantastic time. I love seeing my family. In fact, I want to give a shout out to Chris and Sarah. Chris is my cousin, but also Sarah is my second cousin, and they listen into the podcast. Like, how cool. They're like, hey, I listened into your last episode, and it's just so heartwarming that you guys support me and, and, and really care, so thank you for listening. I love you guys. Um, and I came back, and I was feeling pretty refreshed right I had a wonderful time but just going right back into the grind was a little disheartening you know I had to really mind check myself and that was a little tough so going back into work I went in Sunday night and then I worked all day Monday the brewery that I rent space from is closed on Mondays and so if I want to use the commercial kitchen space at all which I did Remember, I still have shrubs. (laughs) You've heard me in a previous podcast episode. I'm keeping them around. I love the shrubs. But if I'm not brewing, I'm doing something with the shrubs. And I have five or six batches of those going at once. So I was in all day Monday. And then I took another two days off for my anniversary. And I had to keep on the forefront that this is important. This is really important to me that I'm taking some time off. And I had a wonderful time and we were able to go camping for the night and we were pretty close to home and just kind of relax some more. And then I jumped back in on uh, Thursday morning and went to the markets and jumped back in. And for those of you wondering, we just celebrated eight years of marriage. Uh, we got married really young. <laughs> we, we look back and we're like, what were we doing? We're such different people now. We love each other that much more, but <laughs> happy anniversary, babe. So happy that I married you and that you chose me. That was cute, wasn't it? You don't really listen to this podcast that much, John, but if you do, I love you. Anyways, why do I share all of this? One, I was just trying to be transparent about what it looks like when I leave. 
um, and just kind of where I'm at in the production cycle. But I also wanted to emphasize here at the end uh, how necessary it is to take a break. And I'm actually, <laughs> again, transparency, I'm saying more of that for me. Uh, this is my verbal journal. I just process all of my thoughts. And I'm just going to be really raw and honest um, as I try to be on every episode. Um, taking a break was really hard. Um, I, I gave myself a lot of crap. I, I'm not a good self-lover. And so when I think about taking a break, I sometimes equate that to failing. And that couldn't be more far from the truth. If anything, I have learned, and actually, I can't even say learned. I am in the process of learning that taking a break, relaxing, and uh, being around people that really bring you joy and fulfill you is absolutely necessary to your growth. And I'm definitely not like a self help expert. I'm not a kombucha brewer expert. I'm just someone that's learning the rhythms of life. And I try to convey that here on the podcast. Gosh, I had a podcast episode quote. I didn't even bring it with me. But for some reason, I feel like this just always happens. The universe throws this at you that whatever you're going through in the midst of your mental state, something speaks to you in the way that you need to hear it. Well, in a podcast episode that I was listening to, um, I believe it's Earn Your Happy by Lori Harder. I listened to her a lot. She had something about burnout and uh, relaxation and taking that time for yourself. And she said it's actually, uh, this is not a direct quote because I didn't bring it, I wasn't prepared, but taking a break and that doesn't have to be vacations or, you know, X amount of days. It could just be for the afternoon. But taking a break is a strength. You know, having that time to relax your body, get actual sleep, give yourself proper food is extremely necessary to your growth. And you can't just grind, grind, grind and, and expect something to just flourish because you're not flourishing on the inside. And admittedly, I'm a pretty bad workaholic. And at first I would like kind of giggle at that word, but in a sense that I, I do see even things that have stemmed from the past in my life and even just a little bit of trauma that workaholism is kind of like where I go to to kind of numb out. And when I go to that place and I'm brewing and I brew and I brew and I brew and I, I'm not taking that time for myself, I'm not taking my lunch, um, I'm just not as enjoyable as a person to be around, I really can't expand in this business and I, I can't do very well. And so taking a break uh, at first, I even – guys, this is terrible. I even considered not going to my family reunion because I was like, I'm going to miss out on X amount of money at the farmer's market. And that just kills me to say that because I'm thinking about money and being productive and putting that over my family. And, and what I felt has been instilled, especially in our culture today, is that you should trade up those things to be successful. But really, Success shouldn't be productivity and money. And again, this is my verbal journal where I'm just stating this because this is really something that resonates with me right now. You know, taking the time to be around my family or taking the time to camp with my spouse or go on a walk by myself or freaking watch a Netflix show and not feel guilty about it <laughs> is a strength. That is power. That's ownership of my time. And I shouldn't have to feel dictated by my outside surroundings, which happens to be the brewing world right now. And I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's your own entrepreneurial path and you've chosen that productivity and put that in, you know, replacement of your mental health. Or maybe you are a mother and your identity is now a mother and you just don't know who you are anymore. I don't know. There's just so many ways to look at this. And I know I'm getting pretty deep, but 
it's kind of where I wanted to go in this episode because it's been something that I've been struggling with and something that I'm trying to actively uh, learn and put steps and days and time into my schedule that I make it not just something that I like, but a freaking priority in my day to enjoy. Because here's what I want to just like oh, make sure you you hear me today because I know I've been kind of babbling a little bit. That's what I do here on the pod. But when I take that time, I have noticed the biggest breath of fresh air, but also creativity. Oh my gosh, what a difference it made when I woke up in a tent somewhere totally different than my normal routine and I went back to work the next day. Now, was I still tired? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But I also had all these new ideas in my space and what I was doing for the future, and it just really opened doors for me, and I thought, wow, why don't I spend time doing that more? And of course, heck, I'd love to do more family reunions throughout the year. Isn't gonna be realistic because obviously everyone has their own lives, but just planning that time to maybe connect with people go out in nature, do things that I love uh, and make that a priority is something that I really want to focus on. So like one of my favorite things to do is go biking. I love to take my bike and ride around the lake. It is exactly five miles and it's just enough to get my heart racing, the adrenaline up and just those endorphins are flowing. I love my bike. My bike has not been used once this summer. Right now I can see it from where I am podcasting and there is a cobweb on it and the tires are basically deflated because I haven't used it. All those things bring me joy, and yet I haven't put it as a priority on my, I guess, to-do list or my agenda, my schedule, and then I end up kind of loathing all the things that I have to do. I need to put some things in my schedule that I'm just really, really proud about and that I'm really excited to do, and riding my bike should be one of them. Outside of that, Calling it quits on a brew day, even a mega brew day, I know will come and go. I know it's still a reality in this time of my life, but making sure that if I have a mega brew day, don't expect me to then wake up the next morning super early and then produce some more. I need to give myself a little bit of grace, aka also a pat on the back and be like, dang girl, you did a mega brew day. Like, wow, I remember when you celebrated doing two gallons at your house, which if you're doing two gallons, woohoo, proud of you too. But doing two gallons at home and now I'm doing, you know, 100 some gallons, like, cool, Lydia, you're doing it. This is great. Give myself credit. Give myself the morning to go biking (laughs) and then go in. I get that. (sighs) I'm ready. Do you feel me? So I just wanted to kind of share with you my experience of, you know, leaving for a little bit coming back, trying to just jump back on, but also in a really healthy way. And I'm still learning. I'm right there with you. This is not a, hey, look what I do. You should totally follow me. No, this is a come with me. Let's figure this out together. I hear a lot of you, you'll reach out to me and this really resonated with me. Oh my gosh, thanks for sharing, which I'm so glad. But at the same time, it's like, I just like to connect and show you that I'm real human too. And I'm learning and I'm excited to share with you as I learn. And uh, hopefully I can continue some good boundaries and practices. And I would love, love to go on a vacation that's a little bit longer. And I think that that's really possible with what I'm putting into place and why I'm working so hard. But I also need to, you know, work hard, play hard, you know, the whole thing, right? But just have those boundaries. And I think that I can move that much faster to my goal of an inclusive tap room when I build in certain things for me. Yeah, 
I'm going to leave you there today. That sounds good. And hopefully this resonates with you. Um, I would love to know about your brewing practices and just how you're doing with taking time off. And I hope you've had some time for yourself, whether that be a few days or a few weeks. I'd love to hear what you're doing and what you're up to. And if you can, share with me some of your kombucha. I always love hearing from you. You can reach me at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, please leave a review if you think about it. I always feel obligated to say that, but it's nice that I can connect with more people. And by sharing a review on Apple Podcasts, it just suggests this to more people. And hopefully other home brewers or people in the commercial brewing space or just people that are interested in this topic, we could connect that much easier if you can readily find this podcast. But anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, My girls all say hello. (laughs) (laughs) yes and Beth too I'm sorry if your name is Beth by the way I love the name Beth and I'm not mad at Beth she's just Beth I love her (laughs) but you have a great day and until the next time be well and cheers